Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Unleashing the Future of Work live podcast. Hello, Unleashing the Future of Work community, wherever you're tuning in from. I hope you're safe, sound, and healthy. And in a minute here, we're going to show you some love. But I want to actually announce and more importantly, introduce my lovely guest for today, Michael Yaffe, who is gracing us with his presence today. Michael is the CEO and co-founder of Arist, the first text message university designed to serve the 2 billion students worldwide without regular internet access. Arist started with a simple realization. Digital learning was broken and ineffective. While working in Yemen, Michael realized that text messages, the most reliable and widespread digital communication medium on the planet, could be used to bridge that gap making educational insight from leading professors and thought leaders more accessible to the world's 5 billion people without cell phones. This is why him and his team created Arist to make learning as personal and frictionless as possible, one text message at a time. And today, you know, we're going to be talking about his entrepreneurial journey, how he started and got involved with Arist. You know, they've raised venture capital. In addition to that, they have a great board of advisors. And right now, more than ever, they're in demand from what I was just talking with them earlier about. And, you know, we're going to talk about the digitization of digitization, the digitization of education and more importantly, where he sees it going. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring on Michael to the show and show you all some love in our amazing Unleash in the Future of Work community. What's up, Michael? How are you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> of course, man. So talk to me a little bit about how you're doing, given everything that's going on with COVID-19, Michael. Sure. Um, it's been it's been a little bit overwhelming, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. we just, uh, yeah, the, the really great thing is that we're, we're in a position to help, uh, which is yeah. what, we, what we care deeply about. Um, you know, everything from helping school districts reach students who don't have internet at home, uh, to helping companies, uh, you know, deliver corporate training and updates to, student, to, to employees who don't have access to LMS. Um, one of the things that we've been most excited about is we just uh, launched a WhatsApp-based course to COVID-19 training. Uh, wow. To re- yeah, to refugees in Uganda who don't have regular internet access or a laptop. So, you know, we, we, we've seen tons of use cases for, for you know, text message-based learning just over the past few weeks. Um, and it's been overwhelming. That's amazing, Michael. Yeah, we're able to help. So, yeah, it's been crazy. So, shout out to Edward as well as Thomas who are viewing and tuning in from wherever they are. Thomas, Edward, shout out. Show us some love. Where are you tuning in from? Let us know. Let Michael know so we can show you and your location some love, your state some love. Shout out to Mike Gates who's also tuning in and who is my co-founder at Guide. Mike is saying this is such an interesting platform. Michael, check out Literal. You might love it. They have a reading platform that uses the text format as well. So that might be something interesting to you, Michael. So Michael, you know, I want I want us to dive deep and talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, brother. You know, how did you, you know, come up with Ares? You know, where where did the inspiration come from? Take us back to the past. Sure thing. Um, so my background is in the nonprofit space. Um, mm. So when I was 15, you know, for, just for context, both my parents are refugees. Um, wow. and, and growing up, you know, education was really, really highly valued. Um, and so I ended up going to, to an urban public high school that was really, really diverse socioeconomically. Um, wow. So, you know, we, we, we had students that were extraordinarily wealthy and then students who were homeless. Um, and my family was, was, you know, somewhere right in the middle. Wow. And what, we, what I really quickly realized is that you know, the, my, my wealthier friends had access to really meaningful and important conversations with their parents' friends, who are mm-hmm. often really interesting, successful people. 
um, that me and my lower income friends didn't have access to. Mm. Um, and so I realized that, you know, social capital is extremely important and, and access to these conversations was generating really, really important opportunities. Yeah. Um, and so I, and I wanted to create a venue where, where anybody could have access to, to important conversations with, with, you know, people that could provide resources, opportunities, vital knowledge, et cetera. Wow. Um, so I ended up hosting a series of, of monthly conversations, uh, free monthly conversations in Portland, where, mm. where I, you know, I just cold emailed like a hundred local business leaders and said, Hey, can you come speak? Um, and that series of conversa conversations ended up taking off. We had over a thousand students attend um, our first season of events. And I very quickly started realizing that, hey, you know, this model could be really effective. Yeah. So I put together a manual and a series of templates to help other students create conversation series of their own. Um, and, you know, fast forward two years and that, org that you know, initiative became tile.org. Uh, which is wow. now one of the world's largest uh, entrepreneurship education nonprofits. So we have over 450 locations in 50 countries. Um, and, and with Tile, one of our most successful locations was in the conflict zone in Yemen. And mm. I couldn't understand why we were getting 400 students to hear, you know, coming to hear a textbook publisher speak in Yemen when we were barely getting, you know, 50 students or 100 students to come hear the CEO of the Jordan brand speak in <laughs> And what we quickly realized is that students in Yemen don't have access to the internet or have very limited mm. access to the internet. And, um, and so they can't take, you know, video courses and, and all of this accessible learning content that we're used to. And, you know, more importantly, Yemen's educational system has been, you know, completely defunct for over four mm. years. Um, and so students were desperate for educational resources. And these live events that we were hosting were one of the only educational resources that they had. So uh, I ended up, banging my head against the wall for a few months, trying to figure out how to deliver more educational content to students in Yemen. Yeah. And uh, we ended up realizing that, you know, every student has a phone uh, wow. and, and, and SMS operates on a completely different communication network than, than Wi-Fi does or, or internet does. Um, and so if we could figure out a way to deliver educational content via text message, we could change, you know, the accessibility profile of education for millions and millions of students. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so from, from there, you know, we ended up doing some research with a few professors from Babson and USC uh, and ended up developing the first text message course uh, just, just to prove the concept and see if, you know, this like crazy idea that we had would actually work. And mm -hmm. to our surprise, uh, text message courses, along with being super accessible, were extraordinarily effective. We packaged, a uh, you know, a semester long entrepreneurship course that Babson developed into 30 days worth of text messages. Um, and even students who had internet loved it. Wow. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. And then, um, you know, uh, a, a large corporate training organization based in Boston heard about what we were doing, uh, reached out to us and said, Hey, this would be great for corporate training. And we were like, what the hell is corporate training? <laughs> we, we, we like, none of us had ever worked for a company, um, apart from like, and I said, you were in college at this time, right? Yeah, and I'm still in college. I'm actually and he's still in college. Yeah, yeah, I'm still there. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, and, and so, yeah, and, and, and so um, we very quickly realized that, along with being super accessible and a great vehicle for delivering, you know, educational content to students in need, text message courses could also transform the way that corporate training is done. Wow. Right, because imagine instead of having to sit down and watch a two-hour video um, about, you know, something like sexual harassment training, right? A really, really important you can now get a text every single day for 30 days, right? That that gives you one explanation of a concept or case study related to harassment training, uh, um, walks you through, you know, some exercises, lets you understand that one specific concept that you can then, you know, think about for the rest of the day. 
Um, and, and you can do it on the subway or when you have a breakout work or, or, you know, whenever you have five minutes of free time. Yeah. Um, and so it breaks learning up into really small chunks. Mm. Uh, frictionless. And also, also is behaviorally a lot more effective. Um, you know, our course model is based on behavioral science research from Stanford and UPenn. Um, wow. and, and so it's, it's, it's just, it's a better way to learn. So talk to me about the entrepreneurial journey then, you know, I, I want to kind of like dive deep here in the sense of, so you had this idea, it's really groundbreaking and, you know, you know, similar to you, Matt, I am a, I am the son of immigrants. You know, we, we didn't, we didn't grow up in the most affluent area uh, in Houston, Texas, but what I'm really interested in know is Mike, you had this great idea, you know, you, you didn't know probably too much about entrepreneurship. I mean, we, you've seen great entrepreneurs, but how did you approach building a team and kind of like telling the story of why, you know, heirs matter to the world? Yeah, no, that's an excellent question. So for, for every project, you know, my, my friends and I joke that every project that I've ever worked on has started off as a joke. <laughs> um, and and I, I found that that you know when when things start off as projects, uh, they end up having a much higher rate of success. Yeah. Um, so, so so with with Tile, um, you know, with, with the, the the nonprofit, um, it initially started because I was just getting really frustrated. You know, I was mm. really frustrated by by not being able to have the same access to educational resources that my wealthy friends had access to. Yeah. Um, and 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 for me, it was it was. You know, I, I think I, we had this one incident where um, I reached out to like a really notable entrepreneur in the area, and and I was like, hey, you know, like I'd love to that that, that my friend, you know, that my friend's dad was friends with, and I was like, hey, you know, um, I would love to chat, you know, and I reached out yeah. to him with a cold email, and I was like, I'd love to chat, I'd love to, you know, to grab thirty minutes of your time and just learn about your entrepreneurial journey, right? And and he was like, yeah, like you know, I I don't really have time. Um, and it was, it was, I was so frustrated, right? Cause this, this guy had time for, for my friend, right? Because yeah. their parents were friends, but he didn't have time for me. Um, and, and so I was, I was just determined, you know, uh, and kind of pissed off to be honest, but really, really determined to, 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 to create something, um, mm. and, and prove this guy wrong. And then, and then in terms of bu building a team, you know, I think every single thing that I've ever worked on, uh, I've had an immense, you know, I, I've had a pretty clear vision for it and an immense conviction that that we needed to fix something. Like, mm. like, there is need to fix, you know, like learning companies have been talking for years. So like, oh yeah, like we're making learning super accessible. They aren't, yeah. right? You know, most people don't have an internet connection uh, and so mm. or, or, or don't have the time to take a video course, right? So our, my goal with every single thing that I've worked on has really been to, you know, to, to often prove somebody wrong and, and, and really fix a, a, a gap that I found um, and I found that that team, you know, people naturally gravitate to to ideas that they find compelling. You know, like mm. I think is, is is a real thing. Um, and so with with Eris, you know, people people understood the need and, and really really quickly jumped on. And, and then and then for you know, in terms of selecting team members, I found that picking people that are good at growing, right? Because because none of none of my current co-founders had the skills necessary for doing what they're doing now. <laughs> yeah. You learn um, by doing. <laughs> you learn by doing exactly. Um, and, and but but all of them have a remarkable ability to to learn and grow very very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that that was like the most important thing. And and when we're working with you know I, I I love the people that I work with. I work with some of my greatest friends. And and um, the great thing is, is that I've become friends with them through my you know through through working together. Um, so yeah, we we have an amazing team, and I, I feel super lucky. Shout out, so shout out to our amazing Alicia in the Future Work community that is tuning in now. Shout out to Austin from Washington, D.C., Uluwi from Dallas, Texas, as well as Thomas from Dallas, Fort Worth, Fort Worth, Texas as well. And 
Much love to my boy, Peter from Orlando, Florida. You know, I would love for you all to, you know, if you all have any questions about entrepreneurship, pitching, selling, fundraising, whatever it is your idea, make sure that you are dropping it in the comments. You know, Michael here is literally just a world of knowledge right now. And I think what's so fascinating, Michael, about some of the things that you've been sharing is the fact that it, it requires grit, it requires confidence. And this mindset of, I need to prove somebody wrong who doesn't believe in this obvious problem that I don't see. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, everything that I've, that I've done has been, has been sort of out of spite. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And if, if there are any questions coming in, I'd love, love to answer them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'll definitely make sure I'm servicing them. So, you know, let, let's let's move on to kind of like, you know, given with everything that's going on right now in today's age with COVID-19. And, you know, I would love for you to kind of like describe a little bit. What is the experience with Aris? Right. Because you kind of mentioned you kind of gave us the pitch of like this is Aris. But what's the experience like? What does someone, you know, that's a young student in Yemen see when they, you know, once they have access to Aris or how does a corporate uh, corporation use it with the distributed workforce now, right? Where everyone is learning remotely and working remotely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, building an Ares course is as easy as writing a series of text messages, mm. um, right? So, so if if I'm a corporate trainer, for example, um, all I have to, or, or if I'm a nonprofit trying to deliver courses to students in, in Yemen, for example, all I have to do is write a series of text messages that really succinctly explain. You know, a series of concepts or case studies. Um, you know, I, I think I think most students can agree that, like, a significant portion of what is said in online classes or even in in-person classes can be boiled down to you know a few essential concepts or case studies. There's a lot of fluff everywhere, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Like it's it's just the case. Like we we one of our clients that we were working with, they were like, oh yeah, here's this like six-hour video course that we made, and we're like, dope. Here's <laughs> text messages. That explain everything that you covered in the six-hour video course, right? Um, and they were like, "Oh yeah, wow! Like this is crazy! Like we did, like nobody realizes that they have like that much fluff in their in their courses, right?" Um, and so, yeah, for for for, for us, uh, you know, it, once you build out a course, um, all you do is all you do is send out the link to the course to to the students mm. that you want to sign up, or or you know, if if you're a student in in Uganda, for example, you can just sign up by texting a code to a WhatsApp number. Um, and then from there, every single morning uh, at a time that you pick and on a messaging platform that you pick, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, or SMS, um, you'll get a 1,200 character explanation of a concept or case study. It's about two screen lengths. Um, and then you can include images, GIFs, and then, and then a question that you have to reply to. Um, and that's it. And, and so in about you know 15 days, wow. you can learn. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's as easy as texting a friend. Right? <laughs> It, it, you know, and it, it, it's it's no wonder that you know it's re, it's impacting the entire world. I mean, that when when you're really optimizing for access like that, you know, there's no there's no it's boundless who you can reach. So, a question from Austin, who's saying, "How did you make that transition from nonprofit projects in Yemen to now a for-profit business training?" You know, like what was that transition like, Michael? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So, so Eris was initially Eris was, was initially a nonprofit uh, organization itself. Um, so yeah. we, you know, you know, we we started off as as just a branch of Tile, and, and my my thought process was like, okay, cool, like we'll get you know wealthy people to donate, you know, ten thousand bucks, and for ten thousand bucks we can distribute ten thousand courses, right? And then we'll just hire professors from Harvard um, or or from like really great universities to make courses for us. Um, 
And we ran into two roadblocks really quickly. One is that professors are super busy, super skeptical, and often don't have the time, uh, yeah. right? Or more desire to, to do something, even if it's, if it's, you know, even if it's for, for good, they often are just swamped with commitments. Um, and the, the other part of it was that donors, like nonprofit fundraising is the hardest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> it's just like, if, if anybody's ever done it, it, it is, it, it's, it's single-handedly the, the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and so, so I, I, you know, after why is that? Yeah. So, so a number of reasons. I mean, I mean, if, if you think about it, so, so let's say you're you're a wealthy venture capitalist in San Francisco, yeah. right? Somebody who who um, who puts in a lot of money into innovative ideas all the time, right? You're very very likely to put in money into an innovative for profit because you can stand to benefit somehow. But mm. the same people that that are very very um, you know, that, that, that are willing to support innovative ideas on the for-profit side are often very, very risk averse and very conservative when it comes to their spending on the nonprofit side. Mm. Um, there's a lot less money. It's a lot more competitive, um, right? Because people, people don't necessarily benefit financially from investing in nonprofits. Um, and as a result, there's very, very little innovation. And if you're an innovative nonprofit, um, you know, if, if I had like a billion dollars, I would pour all of it into supporting innovative early stage startup nonprofits because- yeah. You know, as easy as it is to, to you know, to, to start a startup in the United States um, and then, you know, eventually get funding for it, starting a nonprofit, an innovative nonprofit and getting funding for it is is, is brutally hard. Yeah, um, that makes so, sense. Yeah. And, and it's also, you know, and this is a huge problem in, in, in VC as well, is that access to capital is often networked, right? Mm. So you don't have, which I, I personally hate, you know, I, I think that access to capital should be a lot more equitable. Um, but but in, in you know in nonprofits, oftentimes you can't you can't even start a conversation with the foundation unless you know one of the board members. Mm. And the only way that you would know one of the board members is if your kid you know went went to school with with their like weird social constructs that, that shouldn't exist and weird barriers to entry that shouldn't exist. So you kind of had to you had to one come from that world and go into the for-profit world, but really you took a lot of those, the, the, the struggle, the learnings from one having to fundraise in a nonprofit world to position you for success as your strengths in the for-profit world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what we realized is that like, you know, instead of, instead of just trying to raise money from people, yeah. we, could sell, we could sell this product, you know, that we made the shift and we realized that companies liked what we were doing, right? Mm. We, could, we could sell this product to companies and then just, you know, use, use the money that they were paying us to, 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 to pay for free courses in places like Yemen, which, which we do now. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we distribute thousands and thousands of free courses every month wow. um, and, and are committing to distributing, you know, our goal is to distribute a million free courses within the next few years. Um, so yeah, we, we just realized that that you know this solution made more sense as a for-profit than a nonprofit. I love it. I love it. So Michael, you know, Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike Gates, who is co-founder at Guide, uh, our company, as well as an education innovator who's recently featured in our live with Gary Vee. So make sure y'all check that out, Unleashing the Future of Work community. Michael, Mike is asking, you know, how are you proving that people are learning? Also, what metrics are you capturing that point to learning? Yeah, excellent question. Um, so, so we we it, it, it depends on the on how the course is designed, right? So, uh, for a compliance course, uh, the the learning that you want to see is is a level of retention of knowledge and an understanding mm. of what the concepts and case studies are. Um, and so, for that, we'll do you know knowledge checks, for example, every seven days of the course, um, and then reflections every single day. 
right? So for example, you know, in, wow. in a harassment course that we recently developed, um, yeah, in, in a harassment course that we recently developed, um, you know, one day focuses on the SOFI case study, right? And explaining what went wrong at, at SOFI from a harassment perspective. Mm. And as, as a learner, you're encouraged to read the case study and then text back your analysis of what went wrong. And then later down the line, you know, a few days later, you get a quiz explaining what, what actually went wrong and testing your knowledge. Um, so the, the, the main metrics that we gathered are completion rates. Um, so whether or not, you know, learners successfully, you know, received every single day of the course response right. rates. Um, so how often users are, are responding to both open-ended and short answer and multiple choice questions, um, and, and, and then answer accuracy rates, right? So how accurately are, are users understanding certain questions, um, and, and how accurately are they responding? Uh, and, and so there, there's, there's been research, um, from a number of institutions going back, you know, almost a decade showing wow. that that's really, really short form learning content delivered via text messages. Really Bite-sized. Yeah, yeah. So for, for example, at, at Stanford, they ran a, a study where um, a number of parents of toddlers were sent daily text messages encouraging, uh, the, you know, explaining a certain fact about, about you know, toddlers early development um, and then encouraging parents to act on that fact, right? Encouraging mm. their parents to, you know, read to their children at night or, or, or you know, take some actionable step with that learning. Um, and just that one text message a day sent, mm. to, sent to the parents uh, ended up having dramatic effects on the toddler's uh, learning outcomes. So, so something as simple as a text message can really, really dramatically improve learning. Wow. Now, that's amazing the way you guys are capturing retention, but also kind of quizzing them, you know, a, a few days later, I think, you know, one kind of just like those small little nudges as quizzes, you know, are really effective because I think it drives what you've been mentioning, you know, throughout the, the show so far is this idea of retention and learning over time. Right. And cognitively, as you've mentioned, it's proven. Like, you know, we, we don't learn by binge watching like or Netflix documentaries or YouTube going down YouTube funnels. We learn through constant repetition over time, hands on experience. And it's why, you know, working at a job for like two years can teach you so much because you're observing people, but you're also doing it repeatedly over time. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's interesting because, you know, what, what we found in the learning space is, you know, People, rightfully so, people are naturally skeptical of, of text message learning, right? Yeah. But it's interesting because, you know, we're we're not nearly as skeptical of like video based courses, right? Even even though <laughs> most, people, most most people anecdotally, right, if if asked to sit through like an hour long or two hour long video lecture, would say that like yeah, like you know, I I didn't love that or, or didn't learn a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's interesting because digital digital learning is is just as, as you know, super well, you know, it's, it's a, it's a wild space where, where, you know, things change constantly and, and, and delivering, delivering good learning outcomes is something that I think as a space, we, we still have to do a better job at. 110%. And, you know, Mike's follow-up question is, are you generating badges, certificates, or even credentialing with ARIST for those um, learners? Yeah. Um, so since, since most of our use cases are, you know, the ARIST platform is used by companies and universities to, to deliver their own, own courses. So sometimes they, they will have badges or credentials that they give to their learners mm. uh, completing a course. Uh, so far, we, we don't have our own credentialing system, but I think that's something that, that we definitely want to work on uh, down the line, especially as we start building out our own content library. Yeah, no. And I, I think you guys recently launched a content library that you all are, are, are building out, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we just launched a, a 15 course content library, um, nice. primarily focused for, for corporate learning. But yeah, but we're, our, our goal within the next uh, year is, is uh, you know, have, have courses from like, you know, from, from professors and, and, you know, dramatically increase the, the variety of courses that we have. Amazing. Amazing. So here's a question for one of our lovely community members, Edward. And by the way, Mike is like, this is lit, man. He's really excited about the work that you're doing, Michael. So shout out to you and shout out to Mike for tuning in and showing love. So Edward is saying, what has been your greatest challenge, Mike? And what does success really look like for you five years, 10 years down the line? Sure thing. Um, so, so the greatest challenge, I think, uh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a that's a interview question. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, 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 there's a hell of a lot of challenges. So, um, you know, as as I think there is with any startup. Um, yeah, the, the biggest challenge I think has been, you know, getting over the natural skepticism that that people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we find that that you know, like it was it was so funny. I, I was at a conference once uh, presenting about Eris, um, and and a, a dude a dude walked by our. Um, you know, our, our booth and was like, this has to be a joke. Right. Wow. Um, and, and we were like, no, like, you know, there, there, it's actually, there's actually like a pretty decent amount of research behind this. Um, and the dude was, was super skeptical, like borderline rude almost until, until he took a course. Right. And, and then he, it was, it was so funny. He, he ended up, you know, be, being like a, a great friend and a, and a really good partner. And then <laughs> he, he held us back, you know, after taking like a five day sample course, it was like, I get it now. You know, like, like, like I understand, I understand why this is important. You made him um, a believer. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so I think, I think, you know, that, that, that barrier is often something we have to get past. And also for, for anybody listening, um, you know, I strongly encourage you to go to our website, just aris.co um, and, and try, try a free course um, and, and let me know what you think, you know, uh, we, 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 you know, we, we always love to get thoughts and feedback. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think that that was a challenge. And then one of the, one of the challenges that we currently face is figuring out, you know, what is the limit of content that we can teach mm. over text message right i don't think yeah. it's a good medium it, you know it, no learning no digital learning solution is perfect for every use case yeah um and i think for us you know we know we know we know what our good use cases are on, in the corporate side um but on the academic side you know it's not a good platform for teaching astrophysics right yeah um, <laughs> it's, it's not you know it's but 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 you know we're always experimenting with like what is the limit of what we can teach yeah. No, man, that's powerful. That's powerful. And, you know, I think what's so interesting, too, is the fact that, you know, you all are constantly learning, right, on how people are using areas, you know, what what are the use cases they're using it for. So you all are able to iterate over time based on those learnings. And, you know, I think uh, another aspect to Edward's question is like, you know, when you think about the vision for Ares, like in five to 10 years, like, do you see it being, you know, it's you've been using corporations now already, and you're also kind of, you're changing the world with it. You know, what next? Like, is there other niches that you want to tackle um, that are kind of interesting to you? Yeah. Um, so, so do you mean for myself personally or, or, or with, with Ares as a platform? Eris is a platform, but I think, uh, you know, uh, Edward was also interested in, in you, right? Because you, I mean, you're incredibly, you're doing really big things now. Where do you see yourself in all of the the great things you're doing? Sure thing. Uh, so I'll answer this, the second question first. I, I think for, for me personally, I, I, need, I need to graduate college first. <laughs> that's kind of a, uh, you know, that, that's that's one thing that I need to get. You know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so I have to graduate um uh, that's that's on the table that's important, uh, that's important. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I, I have like one year left so i just need to like get get through it um but but i think i think yeah for, for, for me i i'd love to take Eris to a point where um you know it, it'd be great to get it to a point where it's where it's a household name in learning right where where text message courses are something that 
you know, we societally understand and, and use as often as a video course, mm. um, right? Where, where, and I, I think, I think for me, I think it'd be so cool to wake up every single morning uh, to, to text from somebody that I love to learn from. Like imagine getting a text, you know, an educational text message uh, every single day from somebody like Malcolm Gladwell, right? Or, mm. or, or even like, you know, you know, taking a, a 25 day sales course from Gary Vee, right? Where every day Gary Vee walks you through, you know, like one of his, you know, key concepts or a case study of, of what he did. Um, I, I, I think embedding learning into the, into, you know, the day-to-day -day lives of, of, you know, all of us, and all of us are busy, all of us, you know, have, have limited time. That's something that, that, that we care deeply about. Um, and I think over the next five years, getting Ares to the point where it's being used by, you know, by hundreds of companies and universities um, and, and where we can serve it, that would be the coolest thing in the world. Eris is going to take over the world, man. I completely believe in you. And, you know, I think the work that you've already done in touching young lives, as well as, you know, helping enterprises, one, build a more learning oriented workforce, you know, it's speaking volumes already, man. And, you know, Austin is saying, man, dude, you know, uh, he, he's loving all of the things that you're doing. And, you know, you pretty much answered one of the questions that he has. So I think, you know, my last question for you, Mike, you know, the world is changing, man. I, I think one learning is now becoming even more critical. Everyone is uh, every organization is now a remote company to a degree, and distance learning is becoming more popular. You know, so you know, what are two to three trends when it comes to? Um, I think I would like to say the digitization, the digitization of education, uh, because now more, I think now more than ever, everything is truly going online. I kind of have this, this thing where I say from two thousand to two thousand and. 10 was the internet era from 2010 to 2020 was two twenty yeah like 2020 now was the the mobile era and now from 2020 to you know 20 i think we're entering a mix of technologies are really going to change um how we learn how we work and also how we stay connected to each other for you michael so what are two to three trends that you're kind of seeing that are exciting to you right now yeah, without a doubt. So, so one thing that uh, interest checking, you, you can still hear me okay, right? My, my internet connection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sweet, sweet. Um, yes. So one thing that we're super fascinated by is, um, you know, the movement towards, and obviously we're, we're super biased on, on this, <laughs> the, the movement towards messaging, taking everything over, right? Mm. Um, so I, I think I think within um, I think within the next decade, and, and we see this already, right, with, with Venmo, Right, uh, making payments as easy as sending a text. Um, right, and I think I think that's going to become even more embedded. Right, so pay payments are going to become as easy as messaging. Um, you know, buying buying something is going to become as easy as messaging, um, and and you know, education as well. Uh, and, and 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 so I think I think we'll see. You know, work and, and Slack is also a good example. Right, I think, mm. I think one of the that Slack has taken off is because it makes communicating with your team as easy as sending a text. Um, and, and makes makes you know this communication format that we're so used to uh, normalized in the workplace. So um, I, I think I think messaging is is going to continue to to dramatically increase in the workplace. Um, and I'm I'm curious what other you know what 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 other shapes uh, that that's going to take. Um, and then you know I, I think you know with remote work it's I, I, I'm always so 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 right now you know I, we, we live in a in a pretty pretty small house. And uh, yeah. right now we have, you know, my, my dad's working from home, right? My mom's home, my, my, my 14 year old sister's home. 
and mm-hmm. uh and, and so it's just it's super hectic you know because yeah. everyone's trying to like do meetings or our internet you know sometimes just like you know this stops working and stuff like that so with with remote work i think i think it's super promising yeah um, but but i think that there's still you know there, there's still something about being in person and there's still something about being in the office um that is so important and so meaningful um right i, I mean i mean i vividly remember when, when you and i met in person right and 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 that in-person interaction you know has such an important impact um so, so i think i think we'll we'll see you know highly curated in-person office experiences or in-person work experiences right um where, where instead of having a massive office with a ton of cubicles you have you know a smaller office um that's really really well done and that, and that facilitates meaningful in-person interaction and, and, mm. then, and then better remote workspaces from there oh my goodness you're speaking the future into existence. I could definitely see that see that coming to fruition as well. You know what, Michael, man, you have been an amazing champ answering all of these tough questions from our awesome community, as well as, you know, just giving us the vision of Aries. You know, do you have any parting words for our lovely Unleashing the Future of Work community? And before, you know, I, I, I give you the last day, I want to uh, let our community know, you know, if you're interested in getting into the tech industry, I am working with one of my great friends, John Marty on a webinar where we help you discover your why and how you can communicate your why to position yourself to get a job in tech. So check out breakintobigtech.com slash webinar. And in addition, Michael has encouraged you all to check out his website for check out Eris website, Eris.co, Eris.co, Eris.co is Michael's website. Make sure to check it out and see all the great work Michael and team are working on. So with that said, Michael, you know, what are your final words for our amazing community? So one, they can embrace this future that you're building, but also stay always learning. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, well, first off, Tim, th- thanks so much for having me on. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely love the work that you're doing and it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure being here. Um, yeah, I think parting words are, it's one of, um, you know, a mentor that I really respect uh, recently said to me that everything feels like an absolute failure until you succeed, right? So mm. the very, very last moment, everything feels like it's going to fail. Mm. Uh, and and, and, and that, you know, for me, that was super helpful because there have been, you know, uh, probably once once or twice a week, I'm like, you know, yikes, like this, this, this might just collapse. Like, yeah. And... And, and so just remember that, you know, that there's, there's always going to be a next step. There's always going to be a next day, right? New information is constantly coming in. Um, and just, you know, j- just keep, keep working at it. If, if you have a vision for something, just keep working at it, at it, keep being determined. Um, and, but, but also, also, you know, also, you know, have a healthy attitude about it and, and take care of, of yourself and your friends and your family. Uh, that, that matters more, more than anything else. So. Man, Michael, dude, that was inspirational, man. I am touched. I feel that, I felt that in my heart, and I know our amazing UTFOW community felt that as well. With that said, if you're interested in being a guest or sponsoring the UTFOW podcast, a guide podcast, please make sure to check our website out, utfow.com, and more importantly, check out Arist co to see all the amazing work that michael and team are doing and how they're changing the world and i think making learning text message learning more accessible michael mr yafi it was truly an honor to have you on the podcast episode today man and we look forward to just keeping tabs on your journey bro thanks so much man yes super happy to be here 
All right, y'all. Peace out, Unleashing the Future Work Community. Until next time, peace, love, and stay always learning. <laughs> awesome.